0: This is the Made It in Music Podcast, Show 104. Welcome to the podcast, where we bring you tools and resources to help you go full time in music and to stay in. The music business is a roller coaster ride, changing faster than any of us can pay attention to. We all need a competitive edge to stay ahead and to stay successful. What's working, what isn't, and what's coming? That's exactly what this show is all about. Back again with Full Circle Music, the Made It in Music podcast. What's up, everybody? This is Seth Mosley, host of the Made It in Music podcast. Wow. Paul Brandt on the show with us today. This one was a special one. I actually did this one on location in Banff, B-A-N-F-F, I think, Alberta, uh, man, that is probably one of the most beautiful places on earth. I went up there for a conference that Paul invited me to be a part of. Some of you guys probably saw it on my social media. It was called the Cult Gathering Conference. And no, it was not like an Illuminati thing. I got a bunch of messages of like, what's up with the logo? And like, why are you hanging out with the Illuminati? And like, no, it was not the Illuminati. It was a collection of the world's most forward-thinking brands, bands, musicians, creators, entrepreneurs. It was just utterly inspiring, being there with uh, people like Brene Brown and people, of course, like Paul Brandt. Because you don't know him, Paul Brandt, if you go to Canada, is pretty much a household name in country music. And if you rewind a little bit, not too long ago, he had a gold record as an artist, as a country artist here in the States. And that is no small accomplishment. This guy is the real deal. What I love about Paul is he knows who he is and why he does work what he does. I want that to be a big takeaway from this podcast. And I love it. it. He talks a lot about using sponsorships and brands and strategic alliances to fund his music addiction. I thought that was a brilliant way to put it because a lot of us trying to make it in music realize that the reality of the industry nowadays is that you have to have ways of funding your passion for doing music. And sometimes it is the music itself Um, things like Spotify and Apple Music. I don't know how how many of you guys even realize this, but I thought this would be an interesting place to kind of get this out there. The Music Modernization Act actually just passed this last week, so that's a good step forward for songwriters and music creators. But we're still not there yet. We're a long way off. We still need those creative sponsorships because if you're a master owner... And What's a master owner? That's a record label. That's if you're an independent artist who's not signed to a label and you're just releasing your own music through TuneCore or AWOL or one of the other services. You are a master owner. And Nowadays, being a master owner is king. Very, very most important that it's ever been to own your masters. Now, partnering with a label can be very, very helpful, but if you can do it and you can Uh, Establish a team and establish your brand and create quality content in house, then owning a master's is a great way to make a living. If you get, let's say, on Spotify, a million streams, that equates to about $5,000 from what I've seen uh, if you're a master owner. Now, if you're purely a songwriter, it's in the Hundreds, maybe a tenth of that. And publishers, songwriters out there, feel free to fact check me, correct me if I'm wrong, but we are a long, long way off as songwriters. So that's what I love about Paul Brandt is he, he's smart. He's, he's owned his masters for years. He does his own licensing deals, knows how to get these... Sp- strategic brand alliances. In fact, I was riding around in a Ford F-150 that was really nice, a uh, truck that was completely just given to him by Ford uh, when I was up there in Canada. Now, some of you guys are on the very front end of your career, so you're not going to get Ford calling you to give you a truck. But the point of this episode is is not to go get a free truck. It's that think outside the box. And I love that Paul has embraced that mentality. So stick around through this entire episode. This was live from the Cult Gathering Conference in Banff, Alberta, and I'll probably be going there again next year, so I'd love to meet you guys. It's a great connector for brands and bands, people just like yourselves who are looking to find sponsorships and to get your music heard. Uh, and that's that's really what a big part of this podcast is about, is it's not only making it in music financially, but it's about okay finding the right, let's call them gatekeepers, quote unquote, to help get your music out there to the world, so... This is Paul Brandt, one of my favorite human beings on the face of the earth, and I love what he stands for too. Everything that he does has a mission behind it, and you're going to hear exactly why. But before we jump in, a quick reminder, do not forget our contest, our Made It in Music podcast launch contest is still live, and it is live until Memorial Day. That is the 28th, I believe. Uh, So you've got as of the time of this podcast coming out. You've got a few more weeks left to get your entry in. Go to fcmcontest.com. And you've got, like I said, until Memorial Day to get your submissions in. Literally just a simple four-part contest. And again... Everybody Winners is going to win a $50 gift card to the Full Circle Music Academy to use for anything. And one lucky winner is going to win a coaching call, a one-hour coaching call. So you can talk about anything you want, any struggles that you're having in your music career. I'm here to help you navigate and solve those problems. So uh, one winner is going to win that coaching call. Again, go to fcmcontest.com and get all the details there. So Memorial Day, get your entries in before then. And we'll jump into the interview now. Here's Paul Brandt. Paul Brandt. Oh, man. I hear you so good right now. (laughs) This is great. We got like awesome headphones going on here. So good. We're here inside the glass here at Cult Gathering Conference. Phenomenal.
1: Yeah, Banff, Alberta. I tell you, I, I, I got my start doing a showcase in Banff. About 26 years ago, uh, showcasing for the label, and and that brings back so many memories to be here. And of course, you know the gathering is just an incredible um, coming together of minds that are you know involved in branding and music. And uh, it's been it's just a lot of learning. It's been really cool.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you for uh, dragging us along. We've been working oh. on a record together, and um, this is kind of a special episode of our Made It in Music podcast by Full Circle Music. We're recording live here at this phenomenal conference. And the introduction is, you know, thanks to you for inviting us along here. So I've been, I've been here taking notes, front row, Brene Brown, oh yeah, uh, Beats by Dre, just some of the uh, leading brands, and I've learned a ton of you. Yeah, absolutely, and I'm, I'm uh, glad
1: that you guys could join, and it's been uh, just an honor and a pleasure to have the opportunity to work alongside you creatively in Nashville, and and uh, excited about new music coming. Yeah, I mean this, this event, it, it's all been about, you know, not your typical sort of hey, I've got a network so that I can find this next big thing that's going to just make my career the best thing ever. It's literally sort of mindshare. People, you know, saying, hey, this is what works for me, what works for you, and creating relationship and community. And and there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of, like, you know... uh Premeditated, I, I got to make this work or everything's going to fall apart, sure. which is nice, you know, and, and uh, just beautiful setting, you know, here in the Rocky Mountains and, and uh, uh, hanging with people who I think really are in it for the right reasons. Yeah. So it's been a lot of fun.
0: Well, it's been great to get to know you. And for our listeners who maybe don't know, the introduction actually came through another artist that we've worked with called High Valley, Yeah, who <clears throat> Brad, the singer for High Valley, would always talk about this mythical... <laughs> creature in the Canadian <laughs> In the Canadian music. wilderness. <laughs> There's this Paul Brandt guy, but he talked about you on the level of just being a really kind of a father figure for, for their journey in music. And I was like, man, I got to meet this guy.
1: No, you know, I, I love those guys so much. Um, I saw them performing at a Canadian Country Music Awards showcase. Uh, they used to have um, a, a gospel showcase and they don't have that anymore. But um, uh, it was in a, a venue in, in Saskatchewan, a small church. And uh, at that time, High Valley, they were uh, traveling performing as three brothers and uh, I saw them on stage and this doesn't happen to me a lot but I literally had a flash forward I could see them on the Grand Ole Opry stage for some reason I just knew these guys had that x-factor and and so I I had been given a a demo recording that they had done and I went up and talked to Brad and, and and just said hey I think you guys are doing a really great job keep going you know it's just one of those kind of really quick conversations. And all of a sudden, I mean, if you've ever met Brad, he doesn't let anything go. And uh, he's, he's you know calling and phoning and texting and everything. And, and we became great friends through that. And, and have had a lot of great opportunities to work together. So we, I've learned a ton from them too. They're yeah. amazing, amazing talents.
0: So that's where they started. I want to I hear where Paul Brandt started. What was the first dollar that you ever made in the music business?
1: Oh man. Um, it was probably, I remember I had an uncle who saw some potential in what I was doing and, and, he said, you know, there's a talent show at the Calgary Exhibition and Stampede, our big fair that we have in rodeo here every year. And uh, he said, I think you ought to, you know, go and try it. I was 16 years old. I'd only been playing guitar for about three years, but I was writing a lot. I love to write. And uh, I I figured, you know, at 16, the top prize was a thousand bucks if you won. And I figured I'd be set for life if I could win a thousand bucks, you know, this is going to (laughs) be it, you know, for me. And uh, so I entered the contest and performed my own uh, original music. And the first year I placed in the top 10, but I didn't, you know, I didn't make any prize money. The second year, um, I don't think I really placed it all. And the third year, I won the thing. And uh, so I got that 1000 bucks, And I got a chance to to travel uh, to Eastern Canada um, and perform in another talent contest there and then down to Memphis. Mm. And uh, the Memphis trip was amazing for me because we had a chance to uh, meet with, um, you know, just groups of artists that were starting out. But in the States, there was just sort of this... Professionalism and seriousness that I had never seen as a part of the industry and it kind of changed things for us uh, in, in a lot of ways but yeah that, probably yeah. that thousand bucks is the first, uh, the first one
0: hey that's pretty good so, so what was the moment that music enabled you to go full time uh, you know, I remember um, my story is really different, I think, than a
1: lot of people. You hear about the 10-year you know, overnight success stories. And you know, so many people put so much work into it. The work for me, I think, came after the fact in some ways. But I, I was working at the Alberta Children's Hospital. I was a registered nurse. And I worked there for a couple of years, mm-hmm. always doing music because I loved it and uh, never really thinking seriously that it could actually become something that would be a career. Um, I I thought it'd be great if it did, but I don't know that I really let myself think that it could. Mm. And uh, I really wanted to work in ICU and I I got the opportunity to work there. And literally the same week I got offered a record deal um, uh, by Warner Reprise, Nashville. And and, um, that's kind of when things started to change. I didn't quit my day job right away, even though I had a deal. Um, I would go down to Nashville, write, get to know people, come back, work at the hospital, and find. Finally, they said, "Okay, this is it. You're, you know, we're we're going on the road, and uh, it's it's either this or, or or your past job. So we jumped in full full force back in what ninety six.
0: Yeah. Well, you've you've had you've been really really smart over the course of your career of using other things to fuel your music addiction. Mm-hmm. I, I like the way that you put that. Cool. Can you explain
1: what you meant by that? Yeah. Well, you know, um, I'm not sure if it was smart as much as it was just guided in the right places. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I think that. Um, you know, for us, we left uh, the record label in Nashville um, at that time when, you know, the MP3 was transitioning the entire uh, industry. Mm-hmm. And the timing to leave and become independent couldn't have been better. Now, I didn't, in, in, you know, in, in hindsight, there's no way I could have known that. But becoming an independent artist in that era where you could still be an independent artist but still look as big as an artist that was being funded by a major label uh, that was just a short period of time and we were there at the right moment and and because we were independent we started thinking about uh, different ways to be able to monetize um, the business mm. and trying to find ways to do that where it wasn't selling out it was actually making our uh, creating a brand rub so that our, our brand was being elevated mm. and the brands that we were getting associated were also being elevated and And so, yeah, for, you know, probably the last decade or so, um, those brand alliances have allowed us in a very organic way and I think a way that benefits, you know, all parties uh, to fund the music addiction and keep making music so that, you know, we can just perpetuate the cycle. And and I've been, I'm very thankful for
0: that. Man, there's something to that because I know that every artist and really the currency of what makes an artist successful is authenticity. Mm -hmm. People gravitate towards, um, I mean, that's why brands want artists because they portray a authentic message and they're, they're, they're the mouthpiece for that in a most natural way. Can you just talk a little bit about that of how do you do that without feeling like you're selling out or that you're I like spend many
1: years trying to practice how to fake authenticity. You, you,
0: you can't <laughs> do it. It's impossible.
1: No, I, I think that, you know, it requires on the part of the artist, just like big brands do. Yeah. Uh, um, a laser focus on what the main thing is. What's mm-hmm. that grand why? What, what are the reasons that you're doing what you're doing? And allowing everything else surrounding the brand, everything else surrounding mm-hmm. your artistry to serve that one main thing. Yeah. And, and that's what proves authenticity. You know, when, when you have a six-figure deal come your way and if it doesn't fit through the filter that you said, hey, this is the most important thing for me and you don't turn it down... Well, then you're not authentic. You're yeah. in it. You're in it because you're you're, you know, trying to make money. There's nothing wrong with making money, but if it's not done for the right reasons, then I think it can become destructive to brands. And it definitely erodes artistry. And and so I, I think that's sort of the secret, you know, is is trying to figure out, okay, does this fit into all those things that I always said I really believed in? Mm. And if it does, then it's probably a good direction to take.
0: Yeah. And if I recall, there's a story that really kind of illustrates that perfectly. We were just talking this morning yeah. about it. Yeah. You're you're literally sitting with a record label at a table. and Do you care to maybe just share a little bit about that? I just think that's such a great illustration. Well, you know, I I, I
1: remember the discussions that we had with the label. And what's interesting is that, you know, with this new project that we have now, um, we've, you know been able to come to terms and and recreate our alliance with that same label in a way that works for everybody. Um but early on and in a different era of the music industry, I, I remember um you know being in this meeting where you know you're in a boardroom and and you know all the marketing, you know people are there, A&R, all all the people running the label and they talk about you as a as a product because you are and yeah. the discussion was centered around our next album and and uh, what Paul Brandt would wear and what he would say and and what he would uh, uh, sing. And I remember them um, playing a demo of a song and it was an undeniable hit. In fact, another artist uh, went on to have a huge hit with it and I didn't like the message, it didn't match my brand. And so I remember saying, you know, this isn't something that I really wanna sing and, and it got quite heated. Mm. Um, I remember one comment was, uh, well, you're an actor and that's what we're paying for, so you will sing this. And, uh, and, you know, there's always that sort of pushback. You don't want people to tell you what to do. But I remember, you know, at the at kind of the height of the discussion, someone saying, uh, well, what's more important, what you believe or your career? And I'll tell you, they they meant it as a slight, you know, it was meant it as sort of, hey, I'm going to get him in this aha moment. But I really let, I really internalized it and thought it through. And I had to actually come to terms with what was more important. And I I think that if if your artistry isn't springing from the things that you hold dear, those things that you would uh, put your life on the line for, um, eventually... It's going to uh, manifest, and mm-hmm. I, I think that there are people who can have success selling things that they don't believe in. But to me, those are usually those flash in the pans. Yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, so I'm I'm really glad they asked that question, and it changed the tra- trajectory of our entire career.
0: Well, what a story! And I, I feel like that alignment philosophically is what has made me such a fan of of Paul Brandt from mm-hmm. from afar. So, and not only that, but you you have a heart that is beyond just building this Paul Brandt career, you've, you've been pretty instrumental in helping elevate other artists Mm. and mentor and help them ask and wrestle with some of those important questions.
1: It's, it's a challenging um, life path to be an artist. And I I remember there was a, a moment, you know, when I left the label and, you know, we were on our own and, there were some dark times, you know, you're, you're, you're really uh, doing a lot of self-reflection trying to figure out why am I doing what I'm doing? I mean, now that I'm not signed anymore, these are some of the thoughts that go through my head now that I'm not signed anymore. Does that mean I'm still an artist? I mean, I, I, I got so much of my identity from that. Mm. And I remember that identity piece was a really big thing for me during that time. And I didn't have anyone to kind of shepherd me along through that. I'll tell you, I did a lot of praying and I, I read that Bible from beginning to end. And you know there was, there was you know, all of those things that um, you know looking for some kind of guidance. And, and I think the thing that I just took solace in is that I really believe I was created to speak. Mm. I was created to sing. I was given those, um, those abilities. And my focus needed to be about doing that. And, and, and just allowing everything else to just happen the way that it, it was going to happen and I have the faith to step forward and do that. And if I can use my artistry to help other artists to figure that out, that's great. That's what I, I love to be able to do. And so, yeah, I, I'm excited to see that you know, Full Circle Music and um, you know, other organizations that I'm starting to see pop up now are all about, hey, how can we make this easier for the artists and, and more um, beneficial for them um, in a way where you know, um, they're going to have successful lives, lives and not just successful careers.
0: Yeah. Well, I love it. And it, it's been quite a journey. And I, I do want to get to where you're at today with some of the new music cool. and new single coming out new EP coming out, yeah, all that good stuff. But I've got a few questions, which are our full circle five. Oh, it's the hot seat. Hot seat. Look out. What is your favorite book or record that you most commonly recommend
1: people? Yeah, you know, um, books are easier for me than records. When I was growing up, we weren't allowed to listen to any music at all that was recorded Um, and and didn't have a radio or a television until I was about 13 years old. And so um, I'm a bit of a music scavenger. I'm looking around at at everything all the time. But from a book standpoint, uh, one that is a bit of an older book, but has been really a great resource to me is a book called Halftime. Mm. Uh, it was written by a business leader named Bob Buford. And, and he tells his story about figuring out what the main thing was for him. And it's incredibly inspirational. And it was, it was very formative for me and my business to kind of figure out how to, you know, how to funnel all of the things that are coming at you so fast in this business. So I'd highly recommend Halftime.
0: It's good. Uh, second question, failure only turns into a lesson if it shifts your perspective or the way that you behave. It's not a gift unless it transforms you. Mm-hmm. So through that lens, do you have a favorite failure moment? <laughs> oh man, how long
1: do we have? <laughs> There's too many of those failure failure moments. Um, oh, I don't know. I, I, um, I think that... Um, maybe not on as serious a note, there was a pretty funny moment here in Calgary at one point. And and, uh, this isn't as philosophical as anything that we've been talking about, but it's still kind of fun. We had this this great stage set up, huge rock and roll entry, um, a, a, a kabuki reveal. So, you know, you got the big curtain and you're shining light from behind and you can see a silhouette of Paul Brandt on the front. And we had this huge flourish of music and then the silhouette would be on the right side and huge flourish of music, the silhouette on the left side. And then finally it would build up and build up to this crescendo and a giant, you know, Paul Brandt, you know, idol in the middle, up above the drums, and then the curtain drops. And there I am hovering above the drummer. They start into the first song, really rock and roll, jump over the drummer and, and, and out at the crowd. And it was in my hometown. So, I mean, this is a big deal, right? Well, I get out there and people are going, Absolutely nuts, except for the first two rows. No one will make eye contact. Everyone's kind of looking around and like nervous. And I'm like, this is bizarre. So I got even more in their faces. And I'm like, come on, you know, playing my guitar and everything. (laughs) Well, this was about halfway through the tour when the practical joking starts. And I remember hearing in my ear monitor from uh, side stage with the sound engineer, check your fly. And, and I, like, I, like, I'm thinking, there's no way. He's totally, and I look over at him, he is green and he's just pointing down and nodding up and down. Like, you know, really do this, right? I turned around and looked at the drummer and he's laughing so hard, he can barely keep time anymore. And I jumped back up on that riser, turned my back to the audience and with one hand got that button fly done back up again. And, uh, That's and that is some talent. <laughs> the, you know, the, the comment on the radio station the next day was Paul Brandt gave us a bit more of a show than he intended yesterday. So, you know, that, this is a good, a good thing for all artists to remember you got to always check, check that fly. your fly
0: <laughs> that is phenomenal advice i think i just looked down to make sure yeah I'm, just in case it's incredible <laughs> wow so uh third question uh, man that's just that one's gonna stay with me I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna forget that oh man were your parents there uh I, they may have been yeah <laughs> <laughs> so before you dove fully in what was the number one thing that held you back from pursuing a career in music? Yeah, I like, am. Um,
1: I'm not sure. I mean, I wasn't really pursuing a career in music. I was pursuing um, a love of music, mm. and I'm I'm thankful that that you know allowed me to move forward more quickly. But I think that there was one thing I remember, I was, I was doing some classical guitar lessons early on. And, and um, when I got the record deal, I was working with a fellow talented uh, musician and he got this grave look on his face. And, and like, I, I thought he was gonna be, you know, celebrating the fact that I just got a deal. And he said, do you think you're ready? And it just sort of sunk in. And for a moment, there was this panic, there was this fear. And what I realized is that you wanna prepare and you wanna be a craftsman and you wanna be disciplined and all those things are important, but you're never ready. If you think you're ready, man, oh man, you're in for a big surprise. You know, th- it's going to throw so many things at you that you can't completely prepare for it. Um, but if the bedrock is firm and if the foundation is firm, the things that you've built your decision-making processes on, you'll be able to handle the things that come your way. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, and so that was, I think, a, a real uh, turning point for me.
0: Well, that's so good. And to add to that, we, we just got to sit and had a, had a pretty funny moment on the front row. Brene Brown was <laughs> speaking. <laughs> <laughs> and she was coming to us live from Houston Texas was supposed to be here but had a family emergency yeah and Early on in the feed, she spotted a guy on the front row with a giant cowboy hat. Yeah,
1: so she she had a, a two-way feed going on so she could see the audience and then we could see her in this in this uh, um, conference room, and, but uh, the bandwidth wasn't good enough to, to handle both, so they turned off the feed for her, the audience, but right before they did, she sees some guy in a cowboy hat, right? And so she needed to get some uh, audience participation, you know, kind of polling moments in, in her presentation, and uh, she's like, hey, there's some guy in a cowboy hat I think I saw, Um <laughs> <laughs> could you be our, our guy? Text us how many people are holding their hands up right now. And so I jumped on Twitter really quick. We went back and forth a bit and it was funny at the end of it, um, uh, it turns out that she's actually a big fan and she tweeted so. on our Twitter account and she's like, oh, I had no idea it was you, you know? So really cool. I had one big checkbox on my agenda for this entire time at the gathering and it was make a connection with Brené Brown in some way and, and uh, I think that that one worked out pretty well. So, so good. Really fun. She's amazing.
0: But she's I love amazing. philosophically what she she said was was talking about vulnerability and this yeah. idea that if you're stepping out as an artist as a leader as an entrepreneur as any sort of creative you 're not going to risk falling if you're brave, you will fall you will fall it's yeah. inevitable
1: yeah, absolutely you know there's um, uh, a great idea that I included in a song that we put on a previous album called risk and that, that, that idea I found uh, quoted in a bit of a poem and, and it was uh, i 'd rather build my wings on the way down mm. and and so this concept so that you know you're going to jump over you 're going to jump over those cliffs and you kind of have to figure it out as you go, and I think the people who are vulnerable are the ones that do that, but also look for community mm-hmm. and accountability. And, um, that's not always been my greatest strength. You know, I, I, I like to get things done on my own and, so, yeah. uh, and it, it's been really, um, uh, a focus of mine to build more community and have people who, you know, can see the things that I can't see speaking in. Yeah. And, uh, and I, you know, I think that she voices that in just such a, an amazing way, yeah. you
0: know, um, that vulnerability piece is absolutely key. Yeah. yeah. That's good. So fourth question, what is something that is working for you right now?
1: Uh, you know, I, I think that, that, you know, maybe some of it was forced, but I think that that, that um, or forced on me, that vulnerability thing has actually been something that um, has really helped me with my artistry, um, to help me to keep my focus. Um, I'm the kind of person who likes to please people. And I think a lot of artists are, you, you want to fill in the gap in a conversation. You don't like there to be silence. You want to make sure everyone's entertained in some way. And I've tried to to let go of that a little bit more and just be more comfortable in the silences um to uh to you know ask more questions and and be willing to be the guy only guy in the room with your hand up even if it mm-hmm. makes you look stupid to ask that question um and uh, i think that's something that for me has just come with more years of, of doing this but um i think that that's where those nuggets are for the great songs and uh and you know, really, what we're in the business of doing, I think, as musicians and artists, is making connections through music, mm-hmm. it's creating community through music, and and friendships and relationships through music. It's it's not about hey, check me out, look look what I'm able to do. It's look what I'm able to do with excellence that connects us. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I, I think that that requires vulnerability. And and uh, I'm I'm excited to say that it's built a great community for us.
0: Yeah, 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 it's good. So last question of the full circle five. If you woke up tomorrow morning and you still possessed all the knowledge and experience that you have and you've got all these relationships but your business just completely went away and you had to start from scratch and you could do anything what would you do you know
1: i I think I had that sort of uh sliding doors moment in my life where I had to decide between the music business and 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 music and er, and and uh and medicine uh my my uh, love for medicine came from my parents my dad's a paramedic my mom's a registered nurse and uh I always had this dream of uh being a pediatrician I love working with kids and and i I think if you can help a kid. Um, you know, when they're ill at an early age, it's almost like you get to give them a second chance. And mm-hmm. I've always loved that. Um, so my my dream was to work as an RN, get my degree and then try and work my way through med school. And uh, I could still see myself doing something like that. I, I yeah. love being in a, a helping profession. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that's, you know, refreshing to me is that you can use the platform of music to raise awareness for causes mm-hmm. and to be very helpful. One that's important to us is the anti-human trafficking cause. Um, and, and we've started a... Um, a movement called Not in My City. It's at notinmycity.ca that I hope people will check out. Um, and it's, um, it's been exciting to see the momentum that's picked up. You know, in the first five days it raised about a quarter of a million dollars. We've had mm. great uh, national um, visibility uh, given to us through even retweets from our prime minister here in Canada. And uh, we're seeing the systems gathering um, in a really powerful way in Alberta to, to make a stand against this in some, some uh, uh, meetings that we've already had. So I'm, I'm excited to see where that ends up going, but yeah, I probably would move on to those sort of more helping professions if I had to do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Good. Well, uh, I'm here with, Paul Brandt, for those of you guys who maybe just hopped on or listening here at the Cult Gathering Conference, and no, it's not an Illuminati event. <laughs> no, you look
1: at right? that, that triangle with the eye and you might think that it is, but no, <laughs> not, not quite. But it, it did take a lot of vision, absolutely, to put something like this together. And I think Ryan Gill has yeah, uh, just an, an amazing, amazing vision um, for, this, uh, for this incredible event.
0: So good. So you've been working on new music. Yeah. And do you care to share about what's stirring in you? What, why are you... That's always the question of why, why well, are you working on this So you data? don't know this
1: or, or I've shared it with you since, but you were chosen to be a part of this. You didn't, you didn't actually have any, anything to do with uh, whether or not it was going to happen or not. And, and you know, you mentioned that uh, Brad uh, from high Valley had uh, hooked us up for a writing appointment. I, I called Brad um, and uh you know, I, I had an experience right before I called him, probably about eight months before I called him where I was, I was riding my motorcycle and I, I took a trip down to uh, um, Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm a new motorcycle rider. My first trip on a motorcycle, I, I actually broke my wrist. So, you know, it, it wasn't a good start, but- uh, you know got got more comfortable with it took this trip and um was listening to a lot of music you know um the the music side of getting a great helmet was really important to me it had to have a great sound system in it and i remember riding down and i was listening to um uh, for king and country you know, their their most recent uh, project and and just really getting into it love their music and and um you know i was spending a lot of time thinking about what i was going to write next what this next thing was going to be and um you know just a lot of it, it, when you do this, you pour yourself all in. I yeah. mean, you got to think really hard about whether you're not, you want to do another round of music or not yeah. because you're all in. And so I was, I, was, I was spending a lot of time thinking about that and praying about it. And I was listening to that music. It was very inspiring.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I remember I have a lot of these moments where, when I'm praying where it's a PS moment. It's like I finish my prayer and then I'm like, oh yeah, and I forgot. What about this? Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and it, I think a lot of times those are the things that I don't really expect to ever happen. Um, and I said, you know... God this, this is such a, a cool album that I'm listening to, and I don't know who produced this or who was a part of it, who the writers were or any of that stuff, but it just would be great if I had a chance to meet them someday and uh, you know they probably wouldn't even let me in the room and uh, and I, I remember um, uh, calling Brad and I said, you know I, I don't know who you've been writing with but I'd love to get together with a few of your guys so he set up an appointment for um, you know me and you and, and, uh, and Ben Stannis yeah and uh, I walk in the room and the first thing I see is a, a, a gold record and a Grammy Award for for king and country <laughs> with your name on it and uh, and I was like okay God's got a pretty good sense of humor here yeah, because I yeah. had no idea so um, it's just been a real joy and a, for, for me honestly a confirmation that you know uh, this is something that's supposed to happen so this this music uh, was inspired by that motorcycle trip um, and and the journey um, that we took and also you know the journey of my um, uh, you know, time in the music business to this point is also a bit of a metaphor for all of this it revolves around concepts of truth and revival around concepts of, of, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, risk and and all of those kinds of things, and I'm really excited to get this music out. You know, the first uh, the first single was "The Journey," and the second one coming is uh, the one that we wrote together that day, uh, all about her, and and um, you know, kind of inspired. It's it's exciting to talk about it today. This is my 21st wedding anniversary, and, and yeah, it was happy anniversary. Thank you so much. It was inspired by you know, story, us sharing stories about our yeah. wives, you know, and and uh, um, so I'm really excited for people to hear this and hear the whole project.
0: Yeah, and then an EP.
1: Yeah. So there's six songs on this first uh, uh, project. Um, it's a, a six song EP and it's called uh, uh, Paul Brandt, The Journey, YYC. And so this is volume one. So uh, a hint, hint, there's more to come, but um, uh, the YYC is the airport code for Calgary. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a song on this first EP called YYC BNA. BNA was the, is the airport code for Nashville. It came from the old historic uh, Barry Field designation that used to be there in Nashville. And that's where the B came from. And so people often look at that and go, wait a minute, why BNA for Nashville? But my, my journey has been so much about being between those two cities mm. and the, the cultural clash and the learning and all the things that came from that for me. The last line is once you, once you make that trip, you ain't coming back the same. And it's true. Um, there's just something amazing about Nashville. And, and uh, so we wanted to celebrate that story in, in this new project.
0: I love it. So people can find you at
1: they can find me at Paul Brandt on Twitter. Uh, I'm Alberta Bound on Instagram, and um, uh, the Paul Brandt official on Facebook. Uh, I'll, I'll obviously, just check out everything at paulbrandt.com, and um, you know, stay in touch with us. We've got a great. Uh, um, wave through our newsletter for you to just sign up and, and know what we're doing whether it's music wise or philanthropy wise, some of the work that we're doing for Not In My City so yeah, check out paulbright.com for all the information.
0: And again, notinmycity.ca Yeah, Phenomenal. I hope people
1: will check that out it's, yeah. um, it's something that's really needed uh, in North America, you think about these things trafficking going on in places around the world but it's happening all over North America and it requires strong, brave people to get vulnerable and stand up and say, this, this can't happen anymore
0: Great. it's awesome. Well, I'm Seth Mosley. I've been sitting here with Paul Brandt at the Cult Gathering Conference, Inside the Glass. We're on the Made It Music Podcast by Full Circle Music. Paul, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Hi, this is Seth Mosley, and you've been with us on the Made It and Music Podcast, produced by the Full Circle Music Company right here in Franklin, Tennessee, just outside of Nashville. Man, Paul Brandt, go check him out. Check out his new EP that just came out. It's called The Journey, YYC. Look it up on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you get your music. It's incredible. We had the privilege of producing uh, some tracks on that, and I got to co-write a few, including the lead single, All About Her, which, man... I'm not a big like crier for music and music videos, but when I saw this video, I definitely shed a tear. So go, go watch that. It's phenomenal. The Song's called all about her and it's flying up the Canadian country radio charts as we speak. So go check that out. And next week we are going to be back with a fantastic episode on finding your voice as a worship leader. Cody Carnes is going to be with us, whether you're into worship music or not. This is a very important topic in music is finding your unique voice, finding your lane, figuring out how do you become unique without selling out or copying somebody else's unique style. Cody really, really dives a lot into this super genuine dude, an incredible songwriter, incredible singer, and uh, gives some great tips specifically on dialing in your vocal as well, too, and how he found his own unique vocal styling. Last reminder on this episode, fcmcontest.com. It is live until Memorial Day. That is your last day that you can get your responses in and your chance to win that $50 gift card. Well, not the chance. You are going to win a $50 gift card to Full Circle Academy, regardless of whether you win or not. But the winner is going to win a one-hour coaching call with yours truly, with myself. So I look forward to hopefully talking to you Get your responses in, fcmcontest.com. This show has been produced by the Full Circle Music Company with editing help from Jordan Salamoni. Beautiful man, beautiful beard. And we'll see you guys on the next show with Cody Carnes.